Welcome to Give Pause, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. This is the third episode in our series with Vancouver mayoral candidates ahead of the election on October 15th. And today I'm speaking with Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart. Mayor Stewart, thanks so much for taking time for this discussion. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. This is uh, really important work you're doing here. So you have a bit of an advantage here, Mayor. You are the incumbent, so you can point to your track record and you can talk to voters about that. So when you look back over the last four years, what would you say are some of your biggest accomplishments? Well, really, my uh, focus has been on housing, and uh, this is a really personal issue for me. Um, You know, when I was a kid, my family went uh, bankrupt when my dad lost his job and we lost our home. So housing and security and instability has been a big part of my life. And too many people here in Vancouver have had the same experience. So that's why I focused on housing. But it's not just a personal connection, it's actually with business. So I was at Abcelera, uh, uh, you know, opening the uh, biggest uh, biotech lab in Western Canada recently, and they told me their number one concern is housing for their employees. So uh, housing is the biggest thing. And uh, so I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish over the last four years. Uh, Just last year alone, we approved 9,000 new homes. And people say, well, what does that mean? That is double the number of homes we approved a decade ago. So that is a lot. And when you think about, we did this in the middle of COVID-19 with a deeply divided council. I'm really proud that we were able to do that. But we also shifted the type of housing from a mainly building condos to uh, much more on the rental and social housing side, which is also really good for employees and, and for the rest of the city. So building right across the housing spectrum uh, and, uh, you know, again, almost hitting 10,000 units in one year is uh, is a thing I'm, I'm proudest of. And, you know, uh, the majority of our members, we have asked them this uh, several times over the last many months, but a majority of our members say that the biggest challenge for attracting and retaining talent is definitely housing affordability. So we know that, you know, you can't solve this problem overnight. So you have uh, you have made steps to address housing challenges in this uh, region, in the city. There's still a heck of a lot more to do. So when you look ahead to what could be a second term, what would you do differently? What would you do more of to try and get more housing built quickly? Yeah, I mean, so I just uh, had a housing announcement today, actually, where um, it's my first announcement of the campaign, where uh, after looking for the numbers and talking with the industry, uh, we're going to triple our housing targets that are set in the Vancouver housing strategy. Uh, those are currently set at 72,000 units uh, over 10 years. I'm confident that we can hit 220,000 units over the next 10 years. Uh, And that is by uh, doing all kinds of things from having specialized uh, planning teams for big projects to uh, opening up uh, parts of the city for stratification on single detached lots, uh, moving from say one to six units. That's something that the city's already uh, passed. And uh, so so, uh, just bringing a lot more supply online and uh, making sure it's it's for every uh, sector of the economy, uh, mostly rental, but also, uh, you know, for market purchase homes and townhomes, uh, and lots of it kind of outside the core and uh, and in parts of the city where we already have lots of amenities. Uh, so that's on the the approval side. Again, uh, tripling the amount of housing uh, that we approve here in the city. Um, 
but also on the permitting side, uh, we've had a task force uh, running now for uh, about a year, uh, headed by our city manager, and we've had some great success. For example, for the uh, very simple kind of uh, repairs you might do on your home or you need a permit, we've cut that time down to two weeks, uh, which is uh, by a lot of adjustments and cutting red tape. So we want to keep doing that. But secondly, um, when we passed the Broadway plan here in the city, council empowered me to uh, to uh, start negotiating with the province to make adjustments to the Vancouver Charter uh, to simplify our process. I mean, that charter has been around since the 1950s uh, and I have been actively engaged in those negotiations and I'm very optimistic about what I'm hearing from the province that they, the province will help us uh, move ahead and bringing us in line, frankly, with what other municipalities have the ability to do. So I think in combination, um, uh, this will really help on, on both sides of the housing equation, on the approvals and on, on the permitting side. So there's lots to dig into here. Mm -hmm. um, let's start with lots of positive intention for what could be a second term, but that is going to require collaboration and some alignment on council, which has been pretty darn difficult in the past four years, a non-majority council. So how much of being able to really accelerate your agenda requires to have a, a majority on council that agrees with you? Yeah, I, um, you know, I was optimistic at the beginning of my term and, and, and things worked well, probably until COVID hit in, uh, in 2020 and then things really fractured. I mean, we have, I think, six political parties and 10 council positions. So it increasingly got divided. And if you've watched one council meeting, you'll know it is, uh, it's very, very unpredictable. And many uh, large investors and, and uh, builders have come to me and said it is costing them. The banks are looking at loaning them money to do these big housing projects. And they're saying, I'm sorry, your count, the council here is too uh, unstable. It's too uncertain. And we're going to actually increase the amount of equity that you need to put into this. A lot of frustrations that. on, on a number of council decisions that just could not get to an outcome. And I would say almost every big project, there's many big projects that are delayed. The, the St. Paul's Hospital site, the Molson site, uh, south and north Falls Creek, uh, many, many sites around the city that could be accelerated with a unified council. And that's why I'm really proud uh, to be running with uh, six very high quality uh, council candidates with a lot of experience in the housing sector. So, so Civic Politics 101, yeah. how, uh, what is the responsibility of the mayor in trying to bring a council along? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think it worked pretty well. And, and I point to the record of my focus on housing, getting 9,000, uh, you know, uh, units approved last year, homes approved last year, took a lot of effort. Um, but and, you know, getting four budgets passed took a lot of effort. The thing is the time that it took uh, a lot <laughs> to negotiate. And again, watch one council meeting, you know, how many points of order, how how many council motions and amendments? I mean, that has to stop. And it's not just frustrating to watch. It's it's hurting us financially. It's hurting those folks that are trying to start businesses that are, that are you know, the banks are saying, we're not going to lend you money if mm -hmm. you can't get things through council. So that's very serious. And that's why I need a, a team with me in council next time around. So there's, I'm hearing you say that there's only so much that could be done from the position of mayor. You yeah, need I mean, those I bodies on that. council. Uh, 
Sure, okay. I have caucus meetings all the time with, with the council councillors. I mean, you know, we listen respectful. I never attack anybody personally. That just makes things worse. Um, so I, I did everything I could, I think, to bring everybody together. But they're they're all in different parties, so they're all fractured. You mentioned permitting. And, you know, we recently surveyed our members and the top five issues facing municipalities at the very top of that is permitting, licensing, red tape reduction. Mm-hmm. And I will say that the city has done some work here. The task force has made a difference, but mm-hmm. we're clearly hearing from businesses that much more needs to be done to streamline permitting, licensing, red tape reduction overall, because it does mean costs to business. So, you know, what more can the city do to accelerate timelines and to simplify processes? I, I think, I and I I hear the frustration. Look, I, I walk around take transit all the time. I mean, people do tell me their, their personal horror stories. Uh, I did get a great one at Upcelera today, though. They said that they, you know, I was getting ready for the, the permit took too long. And they said, oh, no, it was great. And you actually accelerated it. So there, there are good stories out there. But, um, you know, I point to uh, bringing the 800 uh, temporary patios that are now permanent into the city. Uh, and what that took was a political intervention. But I- that wasn't without controversy, Mayor, because it nearly <laughs> went sideways uh, for this past spring and summer when the city thought about adding additional obstacles, I'll say, for the for the patios to come back in. And it took a, a, a groundswell of opposition from businesses and from organizations like herself, which the city then realized that maybe we didn't need they didn't need to put in a whole bunch more steps to to make it permanent. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really see it that way, but I mean, that uh, I respect your your position on that one. But I look at what we've accomplished and how we did it uh, in the middle of COVID, in the depths of it. We I called special council meetings, uh, and we were able to push that through. And that's why I think that it, it is political leadership that can that can lead to these changes. I also brought in. Um, a new policy where developers who have been stuck uh, in the process for years uh, can now come directly to council for approval and that's already up and running so if you feel like you're stuck in the bureaucracy you can come directly to council and get your get a vote on your project and that uh, but that took intervention by me and listening to uh, you you and your members about what needs to change and then changing it so you know um, again it's uh, it's not perfect, but as you say, it's getting better. And I think we've got the the approach now uh, to really make some great steps forward. One of the top priorities in the minds of both businesses and residents has is public safety and crime. And it certainly has been higher ranked in, in recent months uh, than it ever has before with our members. And even this past week, thinking about that very tragic uh alarming attack on um, the the fellow who arrived recently from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I, I think everybody is alarmed and horrified. And so, you know, looking at your message to voters about this, how do you address, which is a complex myriad of, of issues, homelessness, the opioid crisis, mental health issues? I mean, clearly, something needs to be done. Something different needs to be done. A lot of small businesses are struggling to bring in customers because they're just not safe, their windows are being smashed, and average citizens aren't safe on the streets either. This is, I, I think, becoming such a crucial issue for this campaign. Sure, and let me start, of course, by expressing my uh, deep sympathy for the uh, the gentleman you were speaking about who was who was uh, hurt, and uh, 
the VPD have such a good uh, solve rate on these cases that I know that the person will be brought to justice if they haven't already been. So, uh, so that is, uh, you know, and what this comes down to is a core principle that everybody has to feel safe in Vancouver. I mean, that is really has to underline every candidate's platform uh, in this election, and it definitely is the key to mine and how, uh, in, you know, I've tried to operate in the last four years. Uh, but you're right, many of the public safety issues that we're seeing in Vancouver stem from mental health and addiction issues. And so we have to fully fund the police uh, so they can do their job, and we've done that. Uh, we're currently spending a uh, million dollars a day on policing, but everyone agrees, including the police, that we're not gonna rest our way out of this. And the only way out is to provide more supportive housing, more harm reduction and treatment options, more uh, mental health supports to get people off the street and the care that they need. So, you know, um, we've been working well with the police, uh, really grateful to Chief Palmer for his support on uh, safe supply. And he was a key um, part of getting uh, drugs decriminalized across the province. Uh, that takes effect in, in January. So I think that is, is really gonna help. And, um, but what we need is just more. Um, you know, last year alone, uh, we opened 1600 units of social housing in this city with many with wraparound services and complex care. But I, I do think that you're right, your members are, are totally right. There are gaps in this, uh, in the current system. And I'll be, um, you know, we're in the middle of an election and I have uh, a new program that I will be, uh, you know, announcing in, in the uh, coming days. And some of those initiatives, uh, you know, it's the Business Improvement Associations uh, recently have, have come out and said increased lighting, uh, you know, a number of other kinds of things that help businesses and individuals feel more safe. I mean, what are your thoughts around some of those initiatives and, and how quickly could they be implemented? Yeah, if I can move to graffiti, like many uh, folks in Chinatown and Gastown were saying graffiti was really uh, off the charts. So I went to council and I said, we need to get $500,000 to uh, the BIAs so they can do the good work and work with local businesses. That was approved. We got that in right away. So those are the types of things we hear from the community, what they need, and then try to uh, try to find the money to make that happen. But you're right, lighting is essential, especially for women. Uh, we hear this and we are, uh, you know, we are investing in uh, in new lighting around the city, but I know that the Downtown Business Improvement Association wants a whole new uh, lighting program, which, uh, you know, we'll try to work into our capital budget in, in the coming year. We'll come back and talk about that after the election. Uh, one issue, I, I would be remiss if I did not raise it, I've spoken to you about this before, is mobility pricing, and the Board of Trade is on the record. We were opposed to the approach that was considered. We urged a holistic regional approach and, and raised concern about the cost, which we had estimated and heard about approximately $250 million to set up. So City Council and yourself approved the Climate Emergency Action Plan in 2020, Part of that plan includes an amendment to have city staff report back in two years with a feasibility plan on road pricing. And one of your one of the mayoral candidates in the election campaign claims that if you're reelected, you will move ahead with mobility pricing. I want to give you a chance to respond to this. Thanks so much. Let me be clear right now that I do not support this tax and it's because it's inequitable. I would never support it. And the city doesn't have the authority to do that now. You mentioned my opponent, Ken Sim, who keeps running ads about this, but he's this uh, road tax campaign is fake. 
He's simply misleading the voters. And what I want him to do is to come clean and pull this misleading advertising campaign. I don't support the tax. City of Vancouver does not have the authority to do it. And frankly, what the study showed it is that the public hate it, business hate it. And again, that we can't do it. So but why for, are city staff coming back with a feasibility report then? The um, the amendment that you mentioned at the beginning of your of your statement was put forward by an ABC councillor. Ken Sims' own councillor put this forward to look at. And again, on the night that vote happened, I was prepared to vote down road tax, this uh, the mobility pricing study uh, or the mobility pricing right away to put in, put nails in its coffin. Because again, I don't agree with it, just like I did with the uh, permitting, the uh, parking permitting program where I was the deciding vote that shut that down because I thought it was inequitable. I feel the same way about uh, mobility pricing. But and is a feasibility study going ahead and will that come back to council in well it said two years so i guess probably sometime in 2022 or 2023 yeah so uh, councillor rebecca Bly put that forward uh, as an amendment it was supported and then it came to the entire council and it was the funding for that study was supported by the entire council because it's in the capital plan so that uh study will go forward and, and come back because that's what council endorsed for the budgeting process all councillors but again, I don't support this tax. It's inequitable and I would never support it. So I think people have to know that. The other thing that's crucial and then what we learned through this discussion is that the city does not have the authority to do this. The only reason- And we did discuss that actually, you were on our stage and you yeah. did say the city doesn't have the authority. So we don't. And I, it, does, it, it probably makes many of our members wonder why there's a feasibility plan uh, underway if the city doesn't have the authority. And this is the problem with only having one vote on council for the last, you know, four years is that this was a council endorsed, the funding for this was endorsed by council. If I had my way on the night all this came forward and I was prepared to do it on the night was just to kill this off once, once and for all. But unfortunately, Rebecca Bly put forward her motion and here we are. And you voted for it though. Sure, because I support, you know, being a chair of council when councillors are putting things forward, I tend to not enter in debate, as you'll notice if you watch, and I tend to support uh, most things that come forward. So it's more of a rote thing. It wasn't something that I put forward myself. And again, in the capital in the capital budget, it was supported by all councillors who supported the capital budget. So, so for me, uh, I'd rather this thing just uh, not be discussed anymore, but that's what councils decided. Uh, and out of the millions of votes that we go through, you'll see that's a pretty set pattern. It will be a hot topic for some time yet. I, I know we're almost at time here, and we've talked a fair bit about the challenges facing the city, but you know, I do want to end with some of your vision and optimism for the future. Uh, our city has a great deal of potential. And so what are you seeing as the greatest potential and, and what excites you about a potential second term? Yeah, I mean, I think we all know that Vancouver is the best place in the world to live. And we know that here because we live here. But actually, through COVID and through, you know, I, I've been able to speak to many, many uh, mayors around the world, and, and most of them point back to how well we've done through COVID, uh, you know, because we all stuck together as a community. One of the highest vaccination rates in the world, some of the shortest periods for lockdown, uh, you know, many, many, many of our businesses surviving. So, you know, that points to, to 
how much people care about the city and how great it is. Uh, the other thing I'm very optimistic about is we're the, the third fastest growing tech hub in, uh, in North America. So, you know, business is booming here and we're just trying to build uh, enough office and lab space and uh, transit and housing uh, to really meet the demands of, of, of the business that's coming to the city. So I'm very uh, optimistic about about our future. And I think uh, everybody should be, you know, and that's everybody from young people, working families, women, seniors, businesses. Uh, you know, I hear the stories about people's hopes and dreams, and I'm very optimistic about uh, about our uh, our future. So really want to have a second term to complete uh, unfinished business. Just announced a, uh, a very ambitious housing plan, 200,000, 220,000 units over the next uh, 10 years uh, tripled the current target. And I know we can deliver this and uh, we can reduce the housing stress that people feel in the city. Well, Mayor Stewart, thank you for taking the time to discuss policy and a, a number of the challenges and opportunities facing our region as well. I want to encourage everyone to make sure they get out and vote. Municipal election turnout is often quite low, and I think there's an opportunity here and a lot of interest in this election. So voting day is Saturday, October 15th. So get out and vote. Thank you so much, Mayor Stewart. Thanks very much.